1: Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this opportunity to hear your word. And may your Holy Spirit teach all of us, Lord, to become a strong, mature disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit will be our teacher today. Help us, Lord, by your grace, not to be a hearer of the word, but we will be a doer of your word, Father. We don't want just to decorate our brain with the knowledge, but we want to go out and do it and practice what we learn. You say in the Bible, Lord, those who obey the voice of the Lord their God shall be blessed, shall be prosperous. Lord, we want to be obedient children, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Again, as I mentioned, I changed the subject last minute. So the subject might be a little bit uh, strong, because i did not prepare this ahead of time i just go by with the holy spirit say let me read the book of ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 to 15 ephesians 3:14 to 15 for this reason i kneel before the father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name The Apostle Paul talked about family in heaven and on earth. What is that family? Talking about the family of God. So this scripture talks about the local churches. The whole purpose of talking this morning is to convince you and to inspire you to understand the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ, the heart of the Father. The Father is in heaven. The Lord Jesus is at the right hand, and in his heart, he really cares for his people, his children. He cares whether the children will grow up or not, people will get saved or not, people will be set free from bondage, from sickness, from the hand of the enemy or not. He really cares for each member and each Christian on the earth. God is so smart. He set up the system in this world to take care of people. In the natural, he set up a system of natural family. That I know I have a primary responsibility to take care of my wife and my kids, my grandkids. That's my primary responsibility in my territory there. I need to give my priority, my time to my family. In the same way with the spiritual children, God set up different family in the world. We call local church, but actually it's a family of God. All this year, since I got saved more than 30 years ago, I got saved in 1980. I never consider the church to be the place of religious ceremony. I come in to fulfill my religious obligation. I come to church I feel that I come back to the family. I come back to meet my brothers and sisters. I come to be encouraged and encourage brothers and sisters. I never think that the church is the place of religion, tradition, religious ceremony. All this time, I have this mindset from the Bible and from the Lord Jesus that the church is a family. He said that he love his family very much so i think this is very important attitude that christian should have in viewing the church because i notice that a lot of time people just say okay i get saved now i just need to fulfill my religious duty to go to church for one hour sing a few songs listen to sermon for 15 minutes done okay i fulfill my religious duty and then I will go home and move with my own life. I don't care about what's going on in the church. It's just my job. I, do, I did my religious duty already. And that is a really wrong concept of Christian life. How many people love your family in this room? Raise your hand up. How many people love your spouse and your kids? Do you care for your family? Do you care for their well-being? Do you care? You know, all these years, I have been very frugal in finances. I don't buy a lot of stuff, unnecessary stuff. I don't buy all the clothes and all this stuff. I just very frugal to pay off my debt to make sure that I would not leave the financial burden to my wife and my kids if something happened to me. And I also think that I should save Maybe it, instead of drinking coke, or maybe just drink water. Not because I cannot afford coke, but I want to save that money. I'm, don't take me wrong; I'm not that stingy. But but I try to say that we want to be frugal because we care for the next generation. I want to make sure that if something happened to me, my wife would not have to bake food on the street. She will have enough money to live on. My kids will have education. This morning on the way here, we're even thinking about buying life insurance for our grandchildren to invest when they are young, cheaper, much cheaper when you buy life insurance because legally money in the life insurance is not taxed. The government cannot tax that money. It's a good saving for young people. When they grow older, they can pull some money out to spend without paying tax. We need to know all the law, the tax law. So the reason we plan all these things, I even have my will done already. If I die today, my kids and my wife will be protected, 100%. Will is done because I love my family. I care for my wife. I care for my kids and my grandchildren. If we can apply the same attitude toward the local church where we belong, it will be very good. You need to know that the natural family is temporary. One day when I go to heaven, I and my wife will not be husband and wife anymore. We will be just brothers and sisters. Is that right? My kids will be brother and sister. We are not husband and wife and father and children anymore. When we get to heaven for eternity, we're all going to worship God together as brother and sisters. Therefore, the family that will last for eternity... The family that worth our time and energy to build, to take care, is the church family. In my heart, I'm not coming up to the pulpit to preach because I have a job of a pastor and take salary from this church. I don't come to church because it's my job description. I come because this is my family. But just because I have the gift of teaching, then I come up and teach. If I don't have the gift of teaching, I still come and pick up the paper from the floor. I will make sure the church is taken care. This is my family. I care about the well-being of people in the church because they are my family. They are part of my family. I need to love them the way I love my natural family. I need to take care of the church with the attitude of I love this family. And when you please God, you remember we learned about great grace. I'm going to continue to preach about great grace in a few weeks. I stopped because of the matching of the teaching from Thai service and the English service. You learn that Jesus always pleased the Father and that's why he has so much grace. You notice that People in the Bible who have a lot of grace and a lot of presence of God in their life, strong presence of God, all of them have a few characteristics in their life. Number one, humility. Number two, living a life that pleasing the Lord. How many people love Jesus and want to please Him? How many people want to have more grace? There are definitely two practical ways to please the Lord Jesus Christ. One day when I stand before Jesus... I know and I know the Lord at the judgment seat will look at my eyes and smile and put them up to me because all these 30 years, I have been living a life that is pleasing to the Lord. I love him so much that I want to do anything to please him and very simple to please the Lord. Number one, obey his command. Whatever you learn from the Bible, you obey. Then you show love to Jesus. Number two, very simple. Take care of his family. The Lord Jesus loved the church so much that he laid down his life for the church. He purchased, he bought the church out of the hand of the devil by his own blood. The church is very expensive, very expensive. It's equal to the blood of the Son of God. It's so precious in his eyes, so valuable, and he loved the church so much. So he said, if you love me, you don't see me, I'm in heaven right now. I'm standing at the right hand, sit at the right hand of the Father right now. Could you please take care of my family on earth here? This is not just the job of the pastor like me. But every Christian who grow up spiritually, who are more mature, who understand the word and the heart of God, should have that same attitude. Jesus, I loved you. I'm going to obey your command. And in order to show love back to you in a practical way, I don't see you. I don't touch you. You are in heaven. I don't see you. But to show to you in a practical way that I loved you, I will do everything, the best I can, with all effort, with my resources, to take care and build the church. This is the way we show love to Jesus. Take care of the church. That's why he said, if you love me, you love one another. How can you show love to Jesus? You love his people. It's a practical way. The same way, if we want to show love to Jesus, the family in heaven, we need to show love to the family on earth. And what is the family of God on earth? The church. If we can change the mindset that going to church is not just a religious duty and go to the motion of singing a few songs, giving offering and listen to sermon and then everyone walk out and live their own life. But this is, the church is a part of my life. I'm going to do anything to build a church. I will contribute. Sometime when I hear the comment, like consumer attitude in the church, I feel like, wow, these people need to grow up. People come in, what can they do for me? Um... How is the children program? Do they have nice carpet? Do they have good worship to entertain me, to make me feel good? These are all very immature comments because they come to look for something for themselves instead of, I love the church. The most important thing, the first thing is that you need to ask the Lord, okay? You need to ask the Lord, what church you want me to be a part of? That's the first question. He is the master He is a commander of the army. That's why I never manipulate anyone to join this church because it's between them and God. I'm not going to use any human manipulation, coffee stand, anything to draw people to this church because I believe if they're going to join, it should be joined by the Spirit, not by man manipulation or man's entertainment. Try to get, this is not a business, this is a family. I don't do that to my wife. I don't do that to my kids. I'm not going to do that in my church to try to use all the techniques to get people to join the church because it's not going to last anyway. Anything that comes out from the flesh is going to reap corruption later on. We need to do everything in the spirit, not in the flesh. Once you know that this is my church, this is my family, then you wholeheartedly dare to build the church. And you get involved. You give You contribute, you do anything to use your ability, your resources to be a church builder, to be the family builder, not to be the consumer or taker. I believe that for the parents, the most important thing for your kids is not the children's program. That children's program is important. I don't say that it's not important. It's important. But the most important thing for your kids is your own spirit, because they watch you seven days a week. In the children program, only one hour. They watch you, who you are with Jesus. If your children watch you and they know that, wow, my dad and my mom love God. It doesn't matter if we have no light, they still come to worship. It doesn't matter if it's so cold here. They love God more than anything else. And they sold out for Jesus. They love the church. They love the kingdom of God. Your children watch you. They're going to speak louder than the teaching in the Sunday school. And they're going to follow your footsteps. They're going to become the way you are. Because they watch how you walk with God. That's why it's so important to have the right spirit in the church rather than have entertainment. Because the next generation, I'm so sad that in America, so many young kids walk away from God. So sad. And I'm not going to let this happen in this church. I'm going to show to the children in this church that God is real. God is good. Parents love God. They're going to stay. They're going to stick to God. If After we die, they still stay and stick to God. Because they see the reality of Christian walk in the life of the believers in this church. It's not just good talker, but don't do anything. We have to do what we say. We do what the Bible says. To show them that we are not hypocrites. We are real with God. Amen? Amen. So change the mindset about the local church. It's not just a place of religious ceremony. Galatians chapter 6 verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Especially, you see, notice, especially. To those who belong to the family of believers. Second time. The Bible calls church family of believers. Yes, we should do good to all the people around us. We should not be bad people, go out and hurt people, cheat people, do any harm to people. We should do good to people because our God is a good God. We should always do good. But the Bible says especially to those who belong to the family of God, of of believers. Why the Bible says that way? Because we all have limited time, resources, energy. If I have $1,000 and one person comes to me, she is not a believer in my church that needs my money to pay bill. Another person comes to me, she is a member of my church and she needs the same amount, $1,000 to pay bill. Which one are I going to choose? Definitely my family. I need to treat my family first. The same thing. I need to take care of Pastor Dar and my kids before anyone else. It's my priority. So God said that our priority is to take care of God's people. And if we have left over time, we have more, then we go out and help other people. But God wants the people in the world to see that God's people love one another, take care of one another. They want to join us. He said, wow, it's good good to be in the church, good to be a Christian, because they take care of one another very well. Wow, good family. I want to be a part of that family. But if the, in the church we fight, we quarrel, we take advantage of one another, the non-believers would not want to join. They say, I'd rather be outside somewhere. It's so sad. A couple of weeks ago, my financial planner, who is not a Christian, came to my house and Try to help me about investment, and he made a comment that made me very sad. But I try to convince him, you no, know, don't look at human beings. He said that I don't want to go to church. I think people in the church fight, criticize one another, and they abuse money and blah, 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 blah. He keep on going about how bad the church looks like in the eyes of local people here. I feel so sad to hear that. But part of it is true. <laughs> he's, he's, he saw all this new and internet. My heart was broken. That's why we cannot teach the member to consider the church as a religious place. And come and do things and then leave. It's a family. You treat people lovingly. Be honest. Don't cheat in the church. Don't take advantage of one another. Love one another. If you don't take advantage of your kids, are you going to take advantage of people in the church? No. You treat them the, the same way you treat your kids, your own family. Amen. So this is important that we need to understand that the heart of God look at the church different from the, the worldly view today. The devil tried to change the subject of the church into just religious place. It's not a religious place, it's the family. Will I be retired? From this church? Oh, brothers, I'm 75 now. I will be retired. And you will not see me anymore on Sunday. I need to take it easy now. You're going to see me until 120 years old. I may not be a senior pastor because I may let other people who are younger than me rise up. But I come back to my family. Amen. Amen? I shared with people in Europe yesterday. I said, you know, it's so tempting to me in the flesh. I'm talking about the flesh. To just move to Thailand. Because thousands of people show up. I can have a big church in Thailand. I think if I stay there for a few years, I gonna have at least 5,000 members. People listen to my teaching. The, the teaching put the internet. I check. Internet, within one hour, 100 people listen in Thailand. That much. And this is only one internet. There's so many, many websites that we have our teaching. Wow, I'm going to have a big church, very famous pastor. This church has only a few hundred. Over there, are 5,000. I think it would be better for me. I've become more famous. But I never look this way. Because I'm not looking for reputation and business. This is my family. I'm going to stick and stand up and down with my family. The church is my family. It's not a place to do the job, to get the salary, to get the reputation. It's the family of God. We stick together. We stand together. (laughs) Amen. And that makes God happy. I want to please Jesus. Make him happy. Love the family of God. Live myself. Only one life to live. We have only one life to live. Why don't we live a life that makes Jesus happy? Amen? Amen? Ephesians chapter 4, 12 to 13. Let me read the last one. Ephesians 4, 12 to 13. To prepare God's people for works of service. So that the body of Christ will be built up. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Talking about apostle, prophet, pastor, teachers, evangelists who are in the local church. No matter how big you are, you may be a great apostle. you can be a great evangelist. You still need to be a member of a local church. You cannot be too high to say, I'm not going to be in a local church anymore. I can fly by myself. Everyone needs accountability. Somebody can correct you. Somebody can come to your face and say, wrong, repent right now. I need to be in a local church so that people can correct me. We need accountability toward one another. The Bible talk about the church that God put this apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastor into the church to train people. For the work of service to help them to grow in their faith. To help them to grow in unity. And to become and to attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You can see now from the Bible, the church is not the entertaining place. It can be painful sometimes. You sit there, you listen to sermon. Wow, we come with strong message today. Because the church is a family. I have a few doctor's friends, and when I heard the story in the operating room, I want to cry. Because these doctors never discipline their kids, never teach their kids because they're so busy making money. And the kids just go into drugs. This is rich doctor. And when the dad says something, the children will yell back and throw the tantrum and run out. And he say, you cannot do this in my house. I'm sorry. Pastor Dan, I'm going to spank you. You need discipline. We need to sit down and talk. The same thing, the church is a family. My purpose of leading this church is not to entertain you. It's not to make you happy. Sometimes you may not be happy in the flesh, but you can be happy in the spirit later on because our job is to train you, to help you to grow up. Yesterday, I went to the discipleship group. We have a discipleship group for a couple of years now. And I told the group that, you know, sometimes I feel a little bit in the flesh, uncomfortable to lay hand every other Sunday because this church is weird. Other churches sing a few songs and then they all go home. This church always light up. People pray, people lie, people cry, people laugh. Demon come out from people. This is weird church in America. But I need to continue to do that because this is the family. I want to clean up the kids. Yesterday, I listened to many testimony in the group how people change by being in the strong teaching and in the fire. That their life is changed so much in, only in a year or two. Their life is being transformed and to attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So my responsibility, my job in this family is not to entertain you, but to help you to grow up, to become strong, mature that one day when this generation is gone, next generation can be strong disciple, Pass on the pattern. Not weak Christians, strong believers. I'm so glad to hear that Robert's daughter listened to the sermon every morning. I want to see young people rise up, be strong in the word, become like Jesus, be anointed. Amen? How many parents in this room want your kids to be baby forever? Do you want your kids to finish school? Become a, a mature man, a woman? Can get a job? Get favor from the boss? Everywhere they go, they're so successful. Do you want your kids to be like that? Or you want your kids to be just a nerd sitting in front of the computer and play game all day? No, you don't want your, your kids to be ineffective. You want them to be effective, to be mature. The same thing in the church. We need to help members to grow up. It can be painful sometimes, discipline, correction, teaching, strong teaching, without compromise. It can be uncomfortable sometimes when we lay hand and you get touched by God and demons come out of you. It can be uncomfortable, but that's the purpose of the church. Love one another. Take care of one another. In conclusion, Jesus in heaven His spirit on earth. The Lord Jesus loved the people so much. He doesn't want the sheep to go out wandering around in the desert to be killed by the wolf and by the lions. He wants to gather his sheep into different flocks. And in each flock, by the grace of God, he will anoint the true shepherds, the pastors, the teachers, to look after that flock And he looked from heaven and said, could you please take care of my people? These are my families on earth, in different cities in the world. If you take care of them and they do well, they grow up, they're strong, I'm happy. I don't want my kids to stay immature. I want them to be protected, not get sick, not get poor, not get cursed, they will be healthy and strong until the last day of their life. They shall receive the blessing of Abraham. They will walk in the great grace of God. They will be anointed, so full of faith, full of joy, full of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Jesus looked from heaven and said, could you do that for me? I will anoint you. I will help you. But that is the job of this generation for this generation. We need to help each other to build the church. We need to help each other to build a good biblical church. Not the way of the world, but the way of the Bible. Even though we may look weird in this society, but the Bible says God's people are peculiar. We are weird in the eyes of the world. Because the Bible way is not the worldly way. Amen? That's all I want to say today. To convince you that this is not just an organization. This is not just a religious place. It's a family. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let me ask the boss. Pastor David should postpone the yes. Okay. She said yes. Happy wife. Happy life. <laughs> we're going to postpone the pastoral appreciation to another week praise God hallelujah thank you Lord Jesus anyone want to give a little bit of testimony how your life has been changed since you come into the fire and into the church that God changed you who can you come up and give testimony
2: I share this with Pastor Dar uh, maybe Three weeks ago or four weeks ago, uh, my sister-in-law, she's a, she came to visit uh, this summer, and uh, she came here for a reason of uh, some temple. Um, um, so for me, I was taught that you have to be careful, don't bring unholy stuff in the house and all stuff, so I was like, okay, what should I do? But five years ago, she came and visited, I was so fearful because I was not trusting fully to God. But I remember Pastor Lau keep on saying, they just love, just show your love, and that's all you need to do, you know. So I say, okay, I need to show my love to my sister-in-law that that um, I give her, you know, I was felt that I sent her to the lion's mouth. But I felt that, you know, I was a very fearful. But I felt that, you know, I noticed for, from this visiting, I noticed that my faith has grown because of this church, you know, because I was so fearful. I doubt that our majestic God is more powerful than anybody, but I was still doubting. I was like, I still have the fear, but this time I do not have it. I know that my God is the only God, and he is so powerful, and I, I shouldn't fear at all. You know, it's all the the dark side is like, you know, challenging me, and I fell into the trap. So I'm really thankful to this church that, you know, it brings my confidence up and it have bring my faith up. So, and also, I really appreciate this church show the love to show to my daughters, Kaylin. She, she, she is just so joyful, you know, in this church. And she feels so safe and to express herself more. So I'm so thankful for Pastor Lau teaching and everybody is tapping to Pastor Lau's teaching of showing love. And then I also see that in this church, we don't look at the past. She's, they are teaching us to look forward. Whatever you, you, you know, you, in the past, is your past. You, you repent, you move on, you have a new leaf in your life. So that's why I'm so thankful for this church that, you know, it teaches. And I remember that my husband and I, we went to a lot of other church. we never be a member until we came to here, my husband, he was like, I want to be the member in this church. I was like, wow, you know, <laughs> that's so unlikely of him, you know. So, so I'm so, and I was the one that was like, Yeah, you know, I'm not, not always the one like, yes, let's join the church. But no, I was the one that took back. It's like, let me check it out until the night, the first night of revival, I came to Pasalao. I understand what is the Holy Spirit because Pastor Lau is teaching through the Bible. And then explain it more and more, I was like, I get it. I get it right now. Because before I was thinking, fourth dimension, what is that? It's so, it's so hard for me to understand. But he make it so simple. And then for me to understand it. And I was just so appreciative. So thank you all. Thank you for this family.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Praise God! It's good to hear testimony to encourage one another. Connie, can you tell us how how God bless you in this house, a family? Connie,
3: You can do it. He's good at that. No, he calls people out. No. <laughs> okay. All right. So yes, oh, I could. Okay. So this true. I've been here with my family for four years, and. <laughs> okay so um so no <laughs> okay so um so actually i don't know if a lot of you know or as most of you know but my husband passed away two years ago and so uh, but since then this church has just been a real blessing to me and my family and like my older boys so i have four kids and so uh, my older boys uh, they um the pastors come and they will mentor to them, so yeah. This is, I have to prepare to speak like this. I you know just, uh, yes, but it's just, yeah, this has been such a family church for sure. Just, you know, just the support and just, you know, Pastor Da and Pastor Lau, they're just been, yeah, just everybody has just been such a blessing to my family and. Yeah and so it is a church that just you know you just move forward right life is so super short and we just got to do what we can we just fight the good fight of faith and we just yeah we just move on and we sometimes we don't know you know sometimes we don't know why things happen the way they do and it's not our plan for sometimes bad things to happen okay <laughs> but it does and but that's okay we just move on and we just you know we just do the ministry for God and okay <laughs> and yeah and so we just, you know, we just make a difference in this life for God. And that's, that's all God wants us to do, right? Okay.
1: Praise God. How about Paige? Paige, can you tell how, Paige has been a Christian for a long time. She's one of my patients. And she came to check me out before surgery, big surgery. She came to check me out, but since she came to check me out the first Sunday, she never left.
4: (laughs) Thank you. Well, there's been several different things that I've noticed about this church. Um, I have had a long journey in my faith of being a member, not a member necessarily, but a participant in many different churches. And I've heard a lot of different um, big-name speakers like Heidi Baker and... Just a lot of different people. And one of the things I noticed about the church here that really affected my heart about the body of Christ here is that um, there's—I explained this to Pastor Lau once—that the atmosphere here, the spiritual atmosphere, is clean in that there's not a lot of— people vying for position. And what I feel is that the Lord is really the Lord of this church. It's not a man. It's not Pastor Lau. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Pastor Lau is giving room, and he's giving preference and, and first place to the Lord. So when he lives his life that way first before us as our shepherd, then it makes it much more easier for us to yield to the supremacy of Christ as well. So it starts from the leadership down, but also just in the individuals that I've met here. Um, it's, it's the same in that people are really wanting to follow the Lord. And so their hearts are clean. And if they're not, then they want them to be clean. And, um, I've had a heart for Asia that started when I went to, um, a discipleship training class through Youth with a Mission, YWAM. And I ended up in the Philippines. And when I was preparing to go to the Philippines, the Lord put Cambodia on my heart. So the Lord had already given me a heart for uh, the Asian nations. So coming here is (laughs) just so awesome because there's like 90% Asians. I call myself a pale face because there's not many Caucasians here. I said I could maybe count 10 or 15 Caucasian people. And the rest are all... All these other wonderful nations. So I've really enjoyed it, but I've really, especially appreciated Pastor Lau's place that he gives the Lord and watching the other people participate. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Anyone else want to give testimony? about how you're blessing this... Because today we talk about local church, talk about family. So you can encourage one another. Otherwise, I will lay hand. Anyone else? Okay. Pastor Tyson.
0: I I just felt that... uh, um, you know, a lot of you know our family, but some of you might might not know our family, but my parents are sitting up here in the front row, and I just want to give testimony, not that you uh, will, like, know me, but that to give glory to God of what He's done in, in our life, um, and, you know, I mean, we're here, we, we are, we can give uh, uh Testimony to you and people that have been known us for a long time, like Mike. <laughs> you know, they, he's seen he's seen uh, what what God has done in our family. He's done a really great thing. Um, so, like 1985, 86, Pastor Lau met my my parents. You know, before they started the church, and they reached out to my dad, who wasn't a believer at that time. And then, um, uh, you know, I remember I was about. Twelve or so, and I remember my parents, you know, fought, and my my dad wasn't happy, and um, <laughs> you know, but uh, but you know, if if God hadn't been gracious and and um, you know, intervened to uh, save my family, then I definitely, I don't know you know, where I would be today and my brother, same with my brothers and sisters. And, but today, you know, we're all serving in the church, you know, there's four of us, you know, I'm the oldest and then all four of us, you know, we're serving in the church with our families and, you know, God, he didn't do it immediately like that, but it was just slow transformation. And even though, uh, you know, my parents still had, um, you know, disagreements and fights. I remember they would fight, but at least they would fight even on the way to church. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no matter what, we always went, we always went to church. And at that time we lived down uh, at, on the Muckleshoot Indian reservation uh, where they have the casino now. And then the church was up in Northgate. So we would have a 45 minute drive, you know, up. And I remember sometimes, you know, the de- arguing all the way up, <laughs> you know, but at least we are going to church. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, that, that faithfulness, like Pastor Lau said, you know, the kids, they really see the example of the parents. And so I understood growing up that, you know, church is not just something that you do for like, to fulfill a real to have people look at you, say, "Oh, he's a good Christian," or something something that you really took seriously, even if you didn't feel like doing going to church, you you still win. I mean, at that time, the church meetings were more than just a service. We would have a service, and then we would have Bible study after. Then we would have lunch fellowship. Then we have another Bible study meeting. <laughs> and then finally, you come home. We would come home at night. You know, so. Uh, but uh, so it was more than just a service. But we, I, I growing up, that's my that was my conception of of Christianity. And when I was um, you know old enough to kind of decide what I wanted to do for myself, how I wanted to live my life, then I said, okay, God, I know that the example that I've seen in the church, they take it really seriously. I saw Pastor Lau, you know, oftentimes, you know he would be so tired because he was doing the residency thing and he would be riding in the car and then you'd turn over and he's, he's, he's out, he's asleep. You know? Because he was very, you know, he was taking it very seriously. Being a pastor for him wasn't just like a, a job that he, like a career for, for him, but it was something very serious. So that had a big impact on what I decided, how I was going to live my life. Uh, later. And then later on, I got a chance, I stayed with, uh, Pastor Santi and Molly, Kinney and Molly, Pastor Kinney, the worship leader, in their house when I was going to UW. And I saw how they used their house for the ministry and how almost every night, you know, people would be over. And Pastor Molly, she would always have something ready in the kitchen, you know, to, uh, serve to people. And I, I thought, yeah, when I, when I get married and have a family, I want our family to, to be like that as well. So I'm just sharing, you know, giving testimony to you of what God has done in my family and in, in my life to encourage you that what Pastor Lau taught about this morning is, is true. Yeah. Yeah. You,
1: <clears throat> Frankly, I think from the Holy Spirit. The reason I want to build a good church, when I say good, I mean spiritually good, not just outward appearance, because of two reasons. Number one, Jesus loved his people. He wants his people to grow and be strong. He doesn't want anybody to lose salvation, to walk back into the world and deny Jesus. In order to keep our faith, and grow in the faith. Because so, so, many people last night, I heard the testimony that when they first came to church, their faith is so weak. One sister said she always have this personality. <sighs> she sigh all the time because she has no faith. Everything like burden, bad. But since she came here, she stopped signing. She look at everything, she smile, happy, have faith. God wants us to grow in faith. Faith is so valuable more than gold. Is that right? But not only that, he wants you to grow. Think about this. Your kids sit there. Without a good church, they will be lost. We need to think about next generation. If we build a really good family here, the kids will stay. And they will continue to the next generation and next generation. And the blessing will go down to the thousand generation. Because the church is where people can grow and love. And they can run back to the church and say, they can cry with us. Their boyfriend dump them. They still come back and say, I know this is a family. They will never reject me or condemn me or talk bad about me. They love me. That's why as parents and as pastor, you know, I, I really want to see this going on in this city. The people... Members and the kids and the grandkids, they all grow up, love God, serve God, stable, strong. How many people want to see that? It's so sad to see young people in America go to the college and disappear and just, because the teachers say we come from monkey. They're just gone. They need to experience God in the church here. In, so they know God is real. Amen. God is real. Through all of us. Amen. Amen. That's why I love to build a church. Never get bored. Never get tired. It's so important. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We talk about the grace of God is the presence of God. The presence of God is a tangible, heavily material. You You can have very small amount. Of water, And you can have a big amount of water. So you want to get more of the tangible, heavily material, the presence, which come with grace. The more presence, the more grace. And definitely you can go up and down. The anointing can sometimes leak out because you sin or you start to not hungry anymore. You need to keep the hunger. But the anointing can grow too. You can have thicker presence, more presence, like the Bible talk about Jesus, increase in his wisdom, stature, and favor. So as Jesus was growing up, he was growing in the grace or in the presence of God. And in, eventually the presence of God came at the Jordan River. He became so full of the anointing. I want to encourage all of you to love the Holy Spirit. To seek to have more presence of God. Because in the presence of God, there is everything. Healing, protection, miracles, direction. We want to be that kind of Christians who love the presence of God. Amen? Love the touch of God. The more God touch you, the more God fill you up, and you can maintain that tangible presence, the better for you. I don't know about you, but I feel the presence of God all the time. When driving, I feel the presence of God on my skin, on my body. I feel the presence of God when I walk in the hospital. And I want that to be thicker and thicker. I want to become like Jesus. That everywhere I go, the presence of God is so unlimited, so awesome. And the reason we allow the file of God to touch people is that they will learn how to hook up to the things of the Spirit. They will be filled and learn how to maintain. It's all practice. We are growing up in the natural world. We're growing up with the TV, with the iPad, whatever. Nowadays, the four years old kid can even, I notice my grandchildren, they get the iPad up and they get what the YouTube they want. I don't even know how to get that YouTube myself. But they know how to get that YouTube of the children program. Because they practice in a natural how to hook up to the YouTube. But unfortunately, the church doesn't teach people how to do like this in the spirit. Not, not like this. Okay, not, not this way. <laughs> we need to train members how to hook up to the spirit. How do we feel with the spirit? How to do like this, like iPad, you know, hook up to the spiritual YouTube. Pray, lay hand on you, get touched by the fire, come into the presence of God. It's all practice. It's all something you learn and you grow in it. If you just come to church singing a few songs and go home, you will never learn how to hook up. My job is to help you to be sensitive. more. You can hear God faster. You can suddenly stir up the spirit inside you and be under anointing. You don't need to struggle too much. So Sunday church, when we pray and lay hands, is a time of coming out. Learn how to connect. Learn how to yield. Learn how to get hungry. And God, you can do whatever you want. It's, it's a practice. So that when you go on the street, go into the shopping mall, you can be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because you practice. The more you do. This morning, the father of my patient asked me how fast you can do my daughter brain surgery to take the tumor out. I say two to three hours. He's like, that fast? Yeah, because I've done thousands of this. I can do fast. Because practice The more you do, the better you are. The things of the Spirit, the more you get touched, the more you soak in the presence of God, the more you learn how to just stay in the presence, the more, the better, the faster you will be in His presence. And you learn how to walk in the anointing. Amen? That's why I pray for people every other Sunday. I want to help my member to practice how to come into the presence of God. This is a safe environment. No one going to take your picture. No one going to put whatever happened to you in the website <laughs> to show to the world. It's a safe environment. You can be touched. You can be drunk in the Holy Spirit. And you can, whatever, God, demon come out of you. You cry, whatever. God can do things in you, in the church setting, not out there. Amen? Now you understand, my heart, why we pray. Because we want to bless you. The laying on of hand have five functions. Number one, blessing. You can lay hand on your kids to bless them. Even though they grow up, you have authority, you lay hand on your kids to bless. Laying on of hand is the way to bless people under. When Aaron wants to bless the children of Israel, the Bible says he lift his hand up and bless the children of Israel. The hand of blessing. The hand, not only the hand of blessing, the hand of protection. God's hand. The word hand in the Bible means the Holy Spirit. When Ezekiel say, the heavy hand of the Lord is upon me. It's the presence of God. Number two, the laying on of hand is to impart the Holy Spirit, the baptism and the filling of the fire. Number three, for ordination. You appoint somebody to be the leader. This is not one today. Three, four is to send people out into the mission field, like Paul was sent out by the church in Antioch. They lay hand on him, give him grace to go out to do the work of God. Amen? So the laying on of hand can be used for different reasons. But today, the laying on of hand will be used for imparting the spirit of God and to bless you at the same time. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. How many old members here notice the big difference between the old generation before we have the Holy Spirit and now we have the Holy Spirit? Is it changed? Big time. The church is much better. <laughs> <She raised Anna. laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you so much for this time that we can be in your presence, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Train your people to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Help them, Father. Fill them up. More grace. More anointing. More, thicker presence of God. The husband who received the presence of God today will carry the presence of God back home to be the shield of protection over their wife, their children. Oh Lord, we will be spiritual people. We will not be carnal people, Lord. We will be, Lord, be sensitive to the Spirit. We will not be led by the mind or by the flesh, but we will be led by the Spirit of God. We thank you, Father, for your presence today. Touch your people, Father. Those who are hungry shall be touched. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you want to be prayed for, I and Pastor Darby will pray for you, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your fire. Thank you for the tangible anointing. Fill your people, Lord, with your grace, with your anointing, Father. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bring healing, Lord. Bring grace. Destroy the curse, the work of the enemy. Thank you, Jesus. I speak the blessing of Abraham upon you filled with the fire filled with the presence of god yes lord fire 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 <laughs> filled <laughs> filled